May we worship Jesus Christ with all we've got. May God get all the glory. That is a godly church. Amen. Well, it's great to be here with you. Great to be here in person. Great to have you joining us uh, live on stream there. And uh, man, may we just continue to go after Jesus Christ, making much of him. It is, it's great to be back and breathing with you all. <laughs> I don't know if you remember, but last week I, I was trying to get here as hard as I could. We were on a vacation. The goal was to be back and to be preaching on Sunday. That didn't even come close. Like I ended up calling Pastor Steve on Friday night again, and I sounded somewhere between Darth Vader and just not even able to breathe at all. I mean, it was bad, bad off. And so we were wrestling through what to do. I appreciate Pastor Steve picking up last week's sermon and being able to get that to rock there and making much of what it looks like to be husbands who are following after our God. And uh, may God truly get all the glory in that. We're in a series here called Light on a Hill. Light on a Hill. And we're walking through what it means to have God shape our heart, to fill us up, to pour up in us all that he is and have it spill over and out of us. May God get all the glory as we then have an impact on those around us. We talked about godly friendship. We talked about allowing others to lead in a godly way, letting them have an impact, to have a, a godly home, to be godly parents, godly husbands, godly wives. And now today we're going to close this series out talking about what it means to be a godly church. What does it mean for us to truly be worshiping Jesus Christ and following him with all we've got? May this church be on fire for Jesus Christ. And all of God's people said, amen, amen man. May we go after that together. So do me a favor. Turn with me, if you will, to 1 Peter chapter 5. 1 Peter chapter 5, starting in verse 1. And we're going to dive in together here and look at what a godly church looks like. All right? So point number one. A godly church will have elders that shepherd the flock willingly, lovingly, and gently. A godly church will have elders that shepherd the flock willingly, lovingly, and gently. He starts out here, he says, So, I exhort the elders among you as a fellow elder and a witness of the sufferings of Christ, as well as a partaker in the glory that is going to be revealed, Shepherd the flock of God that is among you, exercising, exercising oversight, not under compulsion, but willingly as God would have you. Let's just hold right there. He starts out with the word, so. Just so you know, this word in the original language is actually the exact same word you see everywhere else translated as, therefore. I'm not really sure why he chose the word so when they were going through the ESV and putting it in the English, but it basically is the word therefore. And when we see the word therefore, we say, yeah, what's the therefore, therefore? It is a connecting word and it's connecting us backwards. So as we start into this passage in chapter five about a godly church, it's actually connecting back into chapter four. The end of chapter four, Peter is talking about not being surprised that you are going to go through fiery trial. Recognize that there is going to be a lot of suffering that can come in the midst of being a part of the church. Peter is writing to those who have been disbanded. They have been pushed out away from being together. It was called the diaspora, right? As those who believed in Jesus and believed in the Messiah ended up uh, under all this pressure and this suffering. And he's like, don't be surprised when you go under all of this suffering. Rejoice that you have the privilege of sharing in Jesus. That's what he's saying in chapter four. He's like, so 
now let's talk about eldering. And he's like, man, as we dive in and we begin to talk about elders, know this, the word suffering needs to be able to be at the forefront. To recognize the amount of struggle and effort that goes into eldering, to recognize the amount of payment of personal life, of family commitment that needs to be a part of eldering. He's like, just know and recognize this. I just got done talking about suffering. Now let's talk about eldering. Back to suffering. There can be some tough moments in that as you have to lead through that. Just so you know, this is an elder-led church. We follow what scripture says about how to lead within the church. And so we have elders. And man, there is a lot of commitment that goes into pouring in to making decisions and caring along the way as an elder. He's like, so because of the struggle that is in life, because of the struggle that even comes in leading the church, elders, he says, I exhort you elders among you. I exhort you like I challenge you. I encourage you. The elders, these are the seasoned ones, the mature ones. These are the ones who have been around. They've lived life. They have been saved for a good number of years. They have showed a maturity in their life, and they've showed a faithfulness within the church. He's like, hey, elders, here is a call for you to lead. He says, as a fellow elder and a witness of the sufferings of Christ, as well as a partaker in the glory that is going to be revealed, Peter's saying, look, man, I've been an elder. I serve as an elder. I know what it is to serve within the church and I know what it is to lead a church. Man, here's one thing we need to understand. The church is an outpost of heaven in the very presence of Satan himself. The church is an outpost in Satan's domain and we represent heaven and leading that and guiding that is a huge calling And it doesn't come without its war. It is a front lines war. May God get all the glory. And all of God's people said, and don't ever miss the calling of the church to be an outpost of heaven in this broken world. He's like, yeah, I've been there with you. I understand what it is to be a fellow elder. I've suffered for Christ and I've seen that glory revealed. He says, shepherd the flock of God that is among you. Shepherd, like take time to care for, to protect and to provide. That's the calling of an elder, to care, to protect, to provide. That sacrificially you're laying your life on the line for the good of the church. The call of the elders is to be able to sacrificially lay themselves down. The call of the pastorship is to sacrificially lay themselves down all for the glory of God. He's like, hey, make sure you shepherd them. Just so you know, we've kind of put three words together that our elders are about. We would say we are about doctrine, discipline, and direction, okay? So as we go after eldering, those three things are huge in our meetings. In fact, they become the outline of our meeting. So doctrine, how are we doing with the general doctrine of the church? Where are we headed? Is there something that we very specifically needing to need to be speaking about? need to be addressing doctrine where we very clearly make God's word understood and what does that look like and how can we go about that? 
Maybe it's within studies. Maybe it's a Sunday thing. Maybe it's what we're covering overall, but making sure we're managing the doctrine. And where doctrine isn't being properly managed, that we do sit down and help that to become clear with the leaders who are maybe uh, struggling a little bit with that doctrinal issue, okay? Honestly, it doesn't come up very much. We're pretty clear about where we stand and praise God for that. It's not a huge issue for us to have to address, but doctrine is a big responsibility of the elders. Discipline, coming alongside of those who are wrestling with sin and struggling with try to set it down. And uh, it's called church discipline. I'm not sure I'm the biggest fan of that titling because it only focuses on the negative side, but it's really about coming alongside of hurts and sin and heartache and trying to walk someone on a journey of victory. Victory over sin, may God get all the glory. And that is a huge responsibility. In fact, scripture is pretty clear. Church discipline starts just one-on-one as we're like, man, are you okay? I'm praying for you, right? As we go one-on-one and say, I've seen you wrestling with this and you matter to me. Like that is a sweet moment of coming alongside in the church. And it's a one-on-one thing first. But ultimately it does sit under the authority of eldership. And so if there is a struggle that continues to go on and sin won't be set down, then we as elders do step in and lovingly call this person to a change where we want to see God get the glory and we want to see victory in their lives. This is about love. This is about care. This is about a kindness and a gentleness and yet a realness to what sin is and it must be addressed, right? So doctrine, discipline, and then last is direction. And quite frankly, that's where we spend the majority of our time, direction. Like, what are we going after as elders and what does it look like? Uh, I say it this way, our elders, we make decisions at 10,000 feet. And then I, as the senior pastor, take that decision out to our staff and we begin to execute it at the five foot level. Okay, so the elders are deciding at the high level, the 10,000 foot level, and then I'm helping our staff to execute it out in the detail level, kind of at that five foot level. And that's sort of how it all rolls together throughout the year. Our elders meet uh, usually every other week and they're kind of in that time frame and making decisions to doctrine, discipline, and direction. It says, shepherd the flock of God that is among you. We have a responsibility to care, to protect, and provide as we work together with you all. We love you. And man, I'm just telling you, your elders love you with all they've got. And I love watching our elders with a joy and a privilege being able to come alongside and help serve at a high level in this church. May God get all the glory. He says, exercising oversight. It's a leading, a deciding oversight, being able to make decisions that help to care for others. Not under compulsion, but willingly as God would have you. Not under compulsion. Eldership is not a fine, if I have to. Like not that, it's willingly. Like this is a privilege that we have to be able to step in and to care for this church, to care for you, to love on you, and to make sure that God gets all the glory. And just so you know, our elders grasp this in a huge way, willingly being able to serve, excitedly being able to watch God get all the glory. He says, not for shameful gain, but eagerly. Not for shameful gain. Man, no one should be an elder because they love their name in lights right? That is just not the plan. It is not to try to make sure that people know who I am, that people understand my influence. Like, man, if that's why somebody's going into eldering, it is going to be a rough walk. And I'm just telling you, when you step into what is a spiritual war, 
When we begin to long for this place to be an outpost amongst the, the influences of hell, know this, it does get hot. And as we go after that, and if the main reason you're there is your own pride and your own showing off, it is not gonna go well. And uh, so, yeah, not uh, in shameful gain, but eagerly, not trying to make it about self in any way, shape, or form. And our elders get that in a huge way. It says, not domineering over those in your charge, but being examples to the flock. Not domineering over, but being examples. The elder's job is not to make a decision where they're like, you know what, here's what we'll have all of them do. I'm not gonna do it, but they have to. Like that is not, everybody say not that. Right, the goal is not for an elder to make decisions for others and then not live it themselves. The goal is to be living that out first and foremost themselves, to be modeling it with all they've got and then say, come join me as I'm running hard after Christ. That's the call out of eldership. You'll notice that with our elders all over the place. You'll see them here every Sunday morning being able to help different pieces of the ministry run and being able to be at VBS serving. We got this coming up. You do not want to miss out on VBS. It is a phenomenal week of volunteering together, laughing together, enjoying together, worshiping together, and watching kids' lives get rocked. And the elders are a key part of that as well. Man, being able to go after it, make sure you're a part of it. By the way, that's a little plug again. Don't miss out on signing up for VBS. We'd love to have you join us, right? And it's going to be a blast, and the elders are going to be there with you. We model as we walk along with this. It's a huge call out to make sure that it's not domineering, but it's as an example. Not domineering, meaning I don't try to tell you how to live your life. The job of an elder is not to try to tell everybody else how to live the details of their life. Now, where scripture is super clear, then there we have to be clear. And we stand with God in his word. Ready? And all of God's people said. And we will make sure that God's word is lifted up and we will stand on God's word. And as this world continues to drift in a seemingly further and further distance away from God's word, we stand here. Okay? That's where we're at and we're excited to go after it together. And so we as elders will be taking that stand, but man, at the detail level in your life, there are so many decisions that you get to make that are a freedom in Christ to be able to be wise to. The goal is not to make a best decision for. I can think better than you. Let me think for you. That is a horrible leader, all right? And actually, we've kind of heard those kinds of phrases in the last number of years around our country. I can think better than you. Let me think for you. That is a dangerous approach. And the job within the church is to raise people up to be able to love the Lord with all they've got, to go after it with a passion, to follow God's word to the T, but where there's flexibility and room, let there be room. May God get all the glory. It is not domineering. It is not controlling. And all of God's people said, modeling it along the way, no heavy-handed leadership. It says, and when the chief shepherd appears... Right, he's calling the elders to be a shepherd, but when the chief shepherd appears, everybody say, that's Jesus. When the chief shepherd appears, you will receive the unfading crown of glory. You will see the unfading crown of glory. And uh, when Jesus returns, there are some rewards. And there are these crowns. There's a handful of crowns that are talked about within scripture. This is one of them, the unfading crown of glory. 
It's not exactly clear what the crowns are all about and how they work together. And there is a giving back to Jesus even after receiving the reward. But there's something here where he's saying, you shepherd the way I'm shepherding. You follow along with me. And there is an honoring in the midst of that. Please hear me. The motivation should not be primarily about what we get. That is not why we serve Jesus. And all of God's people said... We serve Jesus because he is the giver of the universe. He is unbelievable. He died for me and he rose for me. He gets my thanks. And we go after that. And he's like, just so you know, there is an appreciation along the way. In this case, a reward called the unfading crown of glory. And uh, eldership, it is a huge part of a church on fire. It is a huge part of following in leadership and making sure that this church follows what God's word says. And we do have an eldership that's on fire like that. I just want to make sure I get some pictures up here first. Let's throw these pics up so you know who our elders currently are. And uh, so obviously I'm the senior pastor. I sit on that elder board. Steve Belzer is our chairman of the elders. Uh, he and I meet before we have an elder meeting and kind of structure what we're going to go after and what the topics are. And then we begin to kind of build that agenda. We work through that meeting then and go after that, usually every other week. Uh, John Creekmer is on the elder board, has been for a number of years. He works in the financial arena in this community and has lived around here his life. And uh, Steve Hutton as well on the elder board, phenomenal knowledge of education and order and structure and, you know, 40 plus years in the uh, educational arenas and love having his passion and knowledge in there as well. And then Phil King, who works in the construction arena and owns his own business in this community. So God truly blessed with the knowledge and the wisdom of these guys, the passion of these guys, the willingness of these guys to be a part of things. And as you notice there, we have uh, the five elders going after it together, and uh, we're excited to do that. The reality is we prefer to try to have, usually maybe call it an elder for about every 300 adults or so. So in our church size, we would prefer to have six or seven elders is kind of where we're targeting. And uh, right now we have five. And so our goal actually uh, today is to install two more elders, all right? So I'm going to ask the elders to come on up on stage as well as the two candidates for you guys to go ahead and come on up and uh, join me up here, all right? <clears throat> as they're coming up, I just want to make it clear, as we make decisions in the eldering arena... Uh, this is a full consensus decision. If you want to just stand here, Steve, and we'll have Jeff stand right next to you, and then we'll get behind you guys, all right? And um, so as we make decisions, we make decisions what's called by consensus, all right? That's not unanimous, like everybody has to come to the exact same conclusion as the one conclusion, but we make decisions by consensus. That means as we work it out, as we talk it out, we all together must agree together to go after one item. It is kind of in that regard universal, but we're going after it together, agreeing that it is biblical, it is God-honoring, and it is absolutely functional given what's going on, all right? It may not be somebody's first choice, but it's definitely a biblical choice and a God-honoring choice, and we together go after that consensus. It means we all have to beat together to the same drum. Ready? And all of God's people said... Man, know this, your elders, they love each other, they care for each other, we work together well, and they love you with all they've got. And our job is to go after it in full consensus. So that said, we have 
uh, both Steve and Jeff, Steve Sturhan and Jeff Klaffenstein, who have served as deacons in the past with us and being a part of things. They know a lot about ministry and serving here, both also small group leaders and serving in those domains and sharing and shepherding. And then on top of that, also being able to work into some pretty tough circumstances, being able to help counsel into some tougher circumstances, being able to help manage in some of our financial arenas with benevolence. And we've had a number of counseling arenas where these guys have played key roles over the last number of years. So it's been a real obvious and easy step to uh, be able to invite these guys onto the elder board. That said, they have been with us on the elder board for, I, I don't even know, two years? Yeah. It feels like nine years at some levels as we've served together and two years as we've walked through a training cycle and what that looks like and what it means and how we make decisions and what eldering is. And so this isn't just, let's just try something. We're moving together. We're looking for chemistry. We're looking to agree together. And this has just been so honored and blessed. All right. So that said, this is uh, Steve and Jeff, and they're going to be joining us on the elder board. I want to make sure that we install these guys appropriately. So I'm going to ask you guys to take a knee on this stage that is not soft. God bless you. And we're going to pray over you. All right. If you would join with us and just go ahead and raise your hand. You don't have to raise it high because we are all going to be praying. All right. But you can raise your hand up and let's pray together over these guys as we install them. Steve. Let's pray. Uh, Lord, we just uh, pray now for Jeff and for Steve. Uh, Lord, that they will uh, take on this responsibility, that they will shepherd the flock well. Uh, Lord, we uh, uh, know that uh, they've had this opportunity to see it modeled and to be part of it over a season, Lord. And uh, we are just uh, grateful now that uh, they, have, they are willingly moving forward and that uh, we are uh, ready to install them. Lord, we just uh, pray now for them uh, that they will be able to care well, uh, Lord, for uh, the physical, spiritual, and emotional needs of this body, uh, that they will protect this body from the uh, attacks of Satan, Lord, that will come. And uh, we just pray, Lord, now that you will give them the guidance, the strength uh, to lead well, Lord, as they move forward as full-time elders. Father God, as we uh, contemplate this installation this morning, we just are reminded that our role is to uh, care and to provide and to protect. And in the course of that, Lord, we would uh, want to do this with humility. You have called us to be humble. You have told us to be humble. And Lord, uh, humble means in our church that uh, we think of others before we think of ourselves. And Lord, we don't want to just do that and ask these men or the rest of ourselves to do that just uh, outwardly. We pray that uh, our humility would also be in our inner man, in our emotions, in our actions, in our thoughts. And uh, Lord, we just uh, ask you to give them an extra measure of, uh, of uh, humility as they uh, begin their, uh, their role as new elders. And Father, we ask for protection protection for Jeff and for Steve and for Candace and Marty and their, uh, and their children. And uh, Father, I ask for protection uh, really against attacks, uh, against the various darts and snares of Satan. Uh, Father, watch over them and their extended family uh, with all that we face with the coming days. And Lord, just wrap them in the protection um, of your grace. And my Father, we just want to ask for great discernment for both Jeff and Steve and uh, really give them a heart for you. We've seen that clearly as they've uh, 
worked with us side by side the last couple of years, and we're looking forward to seeing what you've got in store for them and the rest of us in this body. Uh, we've got great things to look forward to, and we're thrilled to be seeing them being a part of that, a leading part of that. Lord, we thank you. We thank you for your scripture that's so clear about how we should be structured. Lord, we thank you for the call to eldership that we have a privilege of playing a role. You are the chief shepherd, but we get to play a small role in seeing that, responding with that. Lord, I pray now for each of these guys, for Jeff and for Steve, that you'd give them an amazing ability for insight, for wisdom, for peace, for calm, or the ability to lead, not domineeringly, but lovingly. Lord, may you truly be represented by these guys and their families. Lord, we thank you for the clarity of 1 Timothy 3 that calls out what an elder should look like, how they should be behaving, the character they should have, and the character that their family should have. And Lord, we thank you for all the qualifications being met here. We now lift them up. Lord, we lift up this elder board. I thank you for each of the guys that we have the privilege of serving with, for Steve and Steve, for John and Phil, and now, Lord, also for Jeff and Steve. Lord, we just pray that you'd continue to bless, continue to move in this church. May we be a church on fire for you as we hand these two families now to you to continue to lead with us. It is in the amazing, saving, glorious name of Jesus, I pray these things. And all of God's people said, Amen. 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 Love you guys. Let's just welcome them, all right? Hey, Phil. Hey, Phil. Can you take that to Jana? Amen. Well, it's a joy and a privilege to be able to serve on a staff and on a leadership team where everybody gets what God's word says and goes after it together. And I so appreciate you guys being a part of this church and working together with us. So a simple call out. Man, are you willing to be praying for the elders? And are you willing to be praying for the families of the elders? We are an outpost as a church in Satan's domain. Are we ready to take a stand for the king? And will you be praying for them? May God get all the glory, all right? Let's go to point number two. Point number two, a godly church will have members that live humbly, dependently, and watchfully. A godly church will have members that live humbly, dependently, and watchfully. Peter now continues on in this passage. He says, likewise, you who are younger, be subject to the elders. Clothe yourselves, all of you, with humility toward one another. He says, likewise, you who are younger, just so you know, they basically use two terms, elder and younger. So if you're not an elder, you get to call yourself younger. Some of you might be like, finally, thank you. I will do that, right? But younger, it is a privilege to be able to say that there's some level of responsibility within the church and growing up in the church and going after it. Likewise, you who are younger, those not called elder, it says be subject to the elders. And we talked about this exact phrase a few weeks back, be subject to, and it means allow them to lead. It's the best way to understand it. Allow them to lead. See their calling as being from God. See that they're going after a a followership and a leading before Christ. And so allow them to lead. Before God, you recognize that he's ultimately in charge. These guys are leading. You let their decision lead through, okay? That does mean as to the Lord, right? Everybody say as to the Lord. 
Like, bottom line, why do I say that? Because if the elders begin to say things that are not biblical, like, hey, we're done with the Bible. We're going to start matching up with society. Everybody say, not that. If you start hearing that, find another church. Like, this place has fallen apart, man. Right? Do you understand me? Like, let us lead in a way where God's word and Christ himself are lifted up, and that's what we go after. It is as to the Lord. And if we don't lead in that way, it's done. That's the call out. So may we truly allow the elders to lead biblically and God-honoringly. It says, clothe yourselves, all of you. How many of you? All. All. Every one of us in the church clothe ourselves. And if you notice now, this is the exact same phrase that we started the whole series with. A light on a hill talked about clothing ourselves with love and humility and patience and peace and kindness, going after that together. And here he says, clothe yourselves, all of you, with humility toward one another. Humility where you look to each other and you care for each other and you're caring for them in a way that is honoring them. Humility, it doesn't mean you think low of yourself. It's not, I don't like me. That's not humility, right? It's not, I don't like the way I look. I wish I could lose a little weight. I wish that I was a little smarter with. I wish I could think a little bit more. Like, that's not humility. Humility is, okay, God, the other person's needs first. I'm ready to care for them. What does it look like, right? As we begin to go after it. So clothing ourselves with humility, caring for the other, prioritizing the other. It says, for God opposes the proud. Dude, I'm not sure if there's more thunderous words in all of scripture. God opposes the proud. Like if there is any definition of why America may begin to start struggling, God opposes the proud the proud. Man, it is not about trying to lift up self. It is not about trying to make it all about me. It is all about my king. May he get all the glory. And for those who try to run after self and make it about self, God stands against that and against that person. And that is a thunderous call out. Satan says, I will be like the most high. God resists that with all he's got. He says, but he gives grace to the humble. He gives grace to the humble. He strives to take care of. This is not God in some way uh, giving and manipulating. This is God letting his character be poured into your soul. He gives grace to the humble. I just wrote these words this week. Uh, Grace is a gift, not a paycheck. Let that settle. Grace is a gift, not a paycheck. This isn't God you owe me. This is God giving what he is so centered on and as he lavishes into his church and pours on us, we have the privilege of receiving grace. It is a sweet, sweet gift. Not God you owe me, God you are amazing. So we serve faithfully. Our service is with a smile as we recognize the gift that God gives into our lives. And all of God's people said, huge call. He says, humble yourselves therefore under the mighty hand of God so that at the proper time he may exalt you. Humble yourself under the mighty hand of God. See God is in charge. 
See God who has all authority and all power. See God who speaks and it is. See the God who is leading in this world and taking us home to glory forever. And let him lead. Humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God. Allow God to lead in your life that he may exalt you at the proper time. The Lord has a plan. Invite yourself to the foot of the table and serve faithfully in whatever little ways, wherever you see. And God in time raises up one step at a time. Man, please hear me. This church echoes to this plan with all we've got. I cannot say this more strongly. Invite yourself to the foot of the table. Serve faithfully in whatever little way and watch God raise up in due time. Even the two guys that we just installed here, faithfully, humbly serving in little ways that became a little bit bigger ways, that became a little bit bigger ways. And as we partnered in big hurts and problems within the church, shepherding and caring, just constantly beginning to raise up. Elders start by greeting. I can't say it more clearly. Elders start by working near the cafe. Elders start by working in the children's ministry. Elders are at VBS. That's what I'm talking about, man. We all serve. We serve in the small ways and we serve in the big ways and we run together after it. If your goal in coming into the church is to say, let me have a really important position, please be careful with that. And God takes a stand against the pride quick. So come after it, go to the small positions, look for whatever to serve in and watch God just bless upon you and may God continue to raise you up wherever, however, whenever, all for his glory. And all of God's people said, he says, casting all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. Casting all your anxieties on him, all the fears, all the welling up, set it at the feet of Jesus. I don't know if I have heard the word anxiety quoted more than in the last three or four years. Like it is just starting to rage. And here's the solution. Casting all your anxieties on Jesus because he cares for you. Lord God, you've got this. I'm taking a deep breath right now. And God, I'm ready to trust you with this. Please hear me. Where there is high fear, there will be high control. If you're wrestling with control, if you're wrestling with being authoritative or domineering, trying to make it be a certain way, you probably have fears rising up. It's time to set it down at the feet of the cross of Jesus and say, okay, Lord, for you, for your glory, this fear is done. I'm trusting you. Dude, a church on fire is a church that understands how to put fears at the feet of Jesus and serve faithfully. May God get all the glory. He says, casting all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. Be sober-minded. Be watchful. Be sober-minded. Like, don't think like a drunk. That is literally what it means. Don't have a distorted understanding. Don't have a distorted view of life. Don't have some distortion that's taking place in your thinking. Think clearly. Think lucidly. Think biblically. He says, and be watchful along the way. Man, see what this world is standing for and recognize that so much of it is not standing alongside Jesus Christ. 
Be willing to stand with your Savior, Jesus Christ, humbly, faithfully, handing all anxieties over to him and watching God do an amazing work. He says, your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. Satan, this is his domain. He is the prince of the power of the air. He has that authority because Christ, for a moment, has handed that across. There is no authority Satan has that Jesus isn't sitting over. Jesus has his hand on it. And so we are an outpost. And we are an outpost where Satan thinks he has a rule, but Jesus Christ reigns. We will worship the king of the universe. Amen, man. Amen. We worship the king of the universe. We humble ourselves before him. We hand our anxieties to him. And we watch God rock this world one soul at a time. Are you ready to be that church on fire? Are you ready to be a church that says, okay, God, you've got my attention. I'm in. I will represent you in whatever little way. I will humbly follow you and praise you with all I've got. We are your church and we will stand for Jesus Christ. And all of God's people said, Amen, man. Just right where you are, just saying it loud. We are your church. We are your church. Say it louder, say it bigger. We are your church. May we worship Jesus Christ with all we've got. May God get all the glory. That is a godly church. And all of God's people said, let's pray.